Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gonna find two things in this feed. In this season, you're gonna find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois. And you're gonna find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're gonna find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. Why don't you open your Bibles? I'm grateful for that ministry to us. And I'm excited to preach to you this morning. Thank you guys for leading us. Uh, This is Summer Fruit. Thank you, Steve. We, uh, I've been talking about, um, yeah, the thing with the pineapple, that comes to, yeah, yeah, We've been talking about uh, why are so many people stuck is what we've been talking about. And um, what I mean is you see a lot of people that are struggling with the same things as they've been struggling with. And they've been struggling with them for a long time, and they're not really making a lot of progress. You know, like uh, the other, it was late the other day, I was on a walk, and I like, I wandered, I was wandering kind of through downtown Palatine and I saw a couple people uh, out at one of the bars and I was like, I think the last time I saw you, it was like 15 years ago and you were standing out front of that, like same bar. You know that thing where it's kind of like you're like, you're hoping that you're making progress, but sometimes you look around and you realize like, man, I'm a little stuck. And um, we've been learning from, this is in Galatians chapter five, this is the anchor passage for everything we've been studying this summer. Paul says, but I I say walk by the Spirit. And if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But uh, the fruit of the Spirit, he continues in verse 22, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against each one of those things, there is no law. And so uh, uh, we've been talking about it. Come here, Carter, buddy, you're in for this morning. Some of my usual suspects aren't here, so you're my son, so you're stuck. Uh, We've been talking about a couple of times about how it's a bit like a tug of war. I don't know if you ever played this game when you were a kid. Um, I don't know. It's probably banned now because it seems like all the things we did when we were kids are banned now. Have you noticed that? Uh, Come here, bud. All right. I know. I know. So this is my beloved son. He's 14 years old, and uh, we're in the tug of war. Come on. You got to pull hard. Come on. Come on. We're in the tug of war that naturally comes from the fact that he's starting to grow up, and we're his parents, and we're in that push and pull of what time is an okay time to go to bed? What time, where, is is it okay to go and not? What are we doing and not doing? And it's the natural part. Come on, you can pull hard. It's the natural part, but not too hard. It's the natural part. (laughs) We all know that that's the natural part of growing up, right? There is this tug of war that we're fighting, you and me, that is between the person that I want to be and the person that I actually am. And the, the things that I make happen and things I don't. And this is what is so challenging. I'll just throw in about being a parent is you look across and you're like, I just want to save them from hitting some of the potholes that I hit. Can I get an amen in Jesus' name? I just want to save them 
from like, I've had to, oh boy, sometimes do it the hard way and I just wanna, I just wanna, and then we come so strong with all of our like lessons that we've learned and unfortunately that has this way sometimes of being like, well, if my parents saying it, I'm definitely going a different direction. So then you try the reverse psychology. Anyways, I'm getting too deep into it now, but the, we know this feeling, this feeling of why is it that it's so hard to be the person I wanna be? It's this truth, thanks buddy. And so today uh, we've been learning that the only way to win the tug of war is to survive it, growing slowly stronger each day till I meet Jesus, till I meet Jesus face to face. Till I meet Jesus face to face. Um, the only thing that I can do is keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. So I want to talk to you today. Um, I want to talk to you today about patience. Patience is a very challenging one. Uh, we're defining patience as uh, seeing delay as useful evidence of God's protection and care. Patience is, okay, so I wish it was, I wish I was over there already, but the delay is actually showing me that God is paying attention and he's keeping track of me, and he's got me in his hands. And the reason that is challenging is that we are told all the time that the way to be happier is for things to go faster. Right? Like, I mean, I don't, you know, you can go through the... Uh, the other day, I was up uh, Friday night, I was up on the North Shore dropping one of the kids off at like a pool party, and I took, I had Fifi with me, and we went to McDonald's, and we, there was a McDonald's with no drive-through. And I was like, what year is this? Like, I don't even, like, surely all the, like, you know, rich folk over there wouldn't want to be getting out of the car. Like, how is this possible? I was like, it's, it took me like five minutes. I was like, okay, there must be something I don't, I have to get out of my car? Like, to get the Happy Meal, to put it in her hand so that she'll, like, quiet down long enough for me to get the food that I want to eat. I have to get out of my car? Right. And there is this sense or kind of, um, we don't feel like we should have to wait. And what I came to say today is that uh, the way that the world often would teach us patience or the way maybe even you were taught it is, I, is this sort of like um, I can grit my teeth and be miserable and wait till I get the thing that I want. I'll just like not give up. I'll just kind of. But I want to say to you that you can get even something past that. That you can actually, as you walk in the Spirit, see the delay as an evidence that God is really keeping good care of you. He's doing it for a reason, for a purpose, not to like mess with you or torture you. So um, if you have a Bible, I would love, uh, if you turn, I'm just going to, okay, I'll just be honest. I, I got up here and I realized that I grabbed the wrong sermon. So part of the reason that I'm like nervous is I have last week's sermon and it took me a second to figure that out. So I'm not going to preach last week's sermon to you. I'm going to preach this week's sermon. That's exactly what happened. Maybe go see if it's on my desk or on the printer. Sorry about that. It's raining. I don't know. It's one of those days. I'm sorry. I like was going to just go for it and not tell you, but I just, I think I just am going to. Thanks, Buster. You can laugh as long as you want about that one. That's no problem. We're here and we're doing it. Uh, just flip to the next slide. So I know that uh, patience goes with the pineapple. <laughs> that was not as helpful. 
as I was hoping it was going to be. Yeah, the next one. I know that I wanted to say this, and I know that we're going to James chapter 5. You can turn there if you want. We're going to James chapter 5. I have to start um, by being able to thank God that he's patient with me. That like, if I just pause for a second and think, man, how many times I got a fresh start, uh, a second chance, a new opportunity. uh, I know I have a verse in there from the Psalms. You can put both of those up here. Okay, buddy, no problem. Hey, Rick, good to see you, man. Come on in. Psalm 103 says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, and he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Think about what this is saying about our God and how powerful that it is. So the Lord is merciful and gracious. Merciful means we don't get what we deserve. You can put that back. And and he's slow to anger. Instead of being angry at the foolish choices that we make, he abounds in love. I think the next one is in 1 Timothy, where it says this. I've received mercy. This is Paul speaking. For this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his, there it is, perfect patience as an example to the people who were to believe in him for eternal life. So Paul is saying, do you remember like my background? Do you remember my story? My deal was like, um, I didn't believe in Jesus at all. In fact, I was going around trying to kill the people who did believe in him, and I was trying to destroy the whole church. And then God in his kindness, saved me. Not only did he save me and kind of like put me in the corner like I was allowed to sit in the back row and just kind of squeak into eternal life. He didn't just save me. He gave me amazing opportunity to serve him. He is showing his incredible forbearance, his willingness to put up with a lot in me more than anything else. And one of the reasons that we don't often bear the fruit of patience in our lives is maybe we've become so accustomed to the truth of grace and the reality of being saved, that it's been a minute since we've paused and thought where our choices fairly should have taken us and how many times God stepped in the middle and didn't give us what we deserve or put up with our seasons of rebellion or foolishness and gave us beautiful gifts anyways. If God um, is willing to accomplish his purposes slowly in us, anybody willing to say in church this morning that God's kind of had me in the, well, he didn't really have me in the air fryer. He's kind of like, I've been more of a crock pot meal that God's been making. It's taken a long time for things to get. Was that good? See, <laughs> trying to connect with the, the cooks in the crowd, man or woman, whatever that is, I'm trying to connect with you by that analogy. If God accomplishes his purposes slowly, what should that mean for my expectations of progress? So like if God is willing to do things in his time, which is slow, Slow, another season, another year, another fresh start, another try of kicking that habit, another attempt to be the husband, the mother the, that I want to be. My expectations should shift from assuming that things are going to happen like right away. Well, no, actually things happen very slowly. Uh, and we're going to get to James 5 in one second. Last thing I wanted to say kind of as an opening element is... Uh, When we read the Bible, we can sometimes miss out on how many years we're building up to these moments of incredible that we see that like show up in all the kids' stories and are so incredible. 
Like um, David spent a long time in the field growing his relationship with God and his faith so that when he had the chance to slay the giant, he was ready. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness becoming the person who was ready to stand in front of Pharaoh and raise his staff so the people could walk across on dry land. Daniel spent years and years and years and years in the slow cooker till he was ready to say, yeah, I'll go to the lion's den, whatever. And because uh, things happen suddenly, we can mistake and think that miracles are more often um, sudden breakthroughs to long prayers than they are like immediate remedies. God almost never sends the miracle that you're waiting for like the first day you start praying about it or the first week you start praying about it or the first month. And so what happens is because God shows up often in a really sudden way, like all of a sudden it went in one day, Joseph woke up in the prison and that night he went to sleep in the palace because it happens suddenly. We can miss out on the truth that it takes the great patience of trusting God on another rainy Sunday in June when I'm writing the same prayer request down in that binder that God hasn't answered yet because he is patient in working, and I have to be often patient in waiting. And that brings us to James chapter 5, where the writer James says this, be patient, therefore, oh, they sent you with it, huh? That's probably why it took a minute. Yeah, you stopped off for the coffee. Thank you. What kind of a person would insult the person bringing them what they needed? Me. There it is. Be patient, therefore, James says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early rains and the late rains? You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So don't grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord Behold, we consider these people blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purposes of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Let me show you a few things that I think are useful. He uses the word over and over, so you can't miss it in this paragraph. This is James, the brother of Jesus, and he's writing, and he says, So you be patient until the coming of the Lord. Then another time he says, Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So he's pointing at, the reality that I must be patient because fruit takes time. Fruit takes time. It takes time. God does things slowly. He just does things slowly. You can take that up with him in heaven if you want. You won't because when you see God, you'll be on your face and worshiping him in his glory. And you're not going to have like all these like, why did you let so-and-so thing happen? You're going to have the like, I can't believe that you saved me at all is what you're going to have on your mind. But like, I don't know why, I don't know why fruit takes time, but fruit takes time. What do we mean? We mean that um, developing the character that God wants to develop in you takes time. It means that helping you grow into the person who's ready to handle the answer to the prayers that God already wants to give takes time. So what do I mean? Let's take some of the common things that folks are praying for in the church here as an example. Uh, I get lots of binder requests um, waiting on God for the right person to show up to marry. Get a lot of those. And uh, so why does God require a person to be patient? Probably because, usually, if God sent the person you're praying for along right now, 
you might not be the person yet who's ready to be with that person. So God knows if I give you the thing that you want right now, you know what you're going to do? You're going to like totally mess it up. So I actually love you so much that I'm not going to give you. I'm just going to make you be patient right there while you're waiting. There's an example. We get a lot of, um, I get a lot of please pray. We got a medical situation that we're dealing with kind of once. And we love you so much. We even pray for your medical situations with your pets. That's how much we love you in this church. If I'm being honest, those ones I struggle a little bit with, but we pray for them all just the same. But we get a lot of, we've got tests this week, or I'm waiting on, trying to figure it out. Will you please pray? I get a lot of those. So why does God require us to be patient? Why can't we just know right away what it is? Or why can't we just deal with it right when it is? It's because, and this is hard to grab onto. I, I, I understand and I acknowledge it's hard to grab onto. But God likes what's happening in you while you're considering the big questions of life and relying on him and trusting him while you're waiting for the answer, going to the treatment, figuring out how to pay for it. It may feel really difficult in the time, and it is, but God likes what's happening while you're having to be patient. Patient because fruit takes time, and when we try too hard to make things happen before they're ready, uh, we just ruin it. Have you ever uh, eaten a pineapple that wasn't ripe yet? Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what does it taste like? So sour. And it's kind of like too, um, it's too firm and you have to like really, and it's, it's gross, right? But man, I mean, there's a lot of great fruit in the world, but when you get the good pineapple, you know, like when you get the, it's just that it's so sweet that you have that thought of like, why would I ever need to eat candy again? That of course goes away quickly, but like you have that thought for just a second and it's juicy and it's, it's so, it's perfect, right? But often we try to open the fruit before it is ripe in God's time. And all we do is ruin it. My friend Brian, who he preached on the same passage here a while ago, said that the only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing that you had. Let's try that on for size this morning. So that like fruit takes time. And one of the elements that is important to consider, so he says you have to be patient because the coming of the Lord is at hand. And then he says, do you see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? He's patient until it receives the early rains and the late rains. This was, uh, I enjoyed this morning how many people mentioned to me on the way in that it's okay that it's raining because we really need the rain. It's like, you know you're really an adult when you're like, it's cool, I'm happy it's raining. You know, the lawn, we really need it. We need the rain, we need the rain. So what are we saying? We're saying... I want my grass to be green, someone to put up with one day I have to go inside because we need the rain. He's saying the farmer, he's patient. He waits for the early end. He says, so the Lord is, he keeps pointing it, that's the second thing. Why I need to cultivate patience in my life is because this world is not our home. He says, so be patient until the coming of the Lord. Don't uh, Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. He says it three times in a row. Our desire to go quick comes from our sense that this life we're living right now is all that matters. So I have to hurry up and 
make more money because I have to build the biggest pile I can before I get too old to enjoy it. I, I have to enjoy my youth and get out there and be wild in all kinds of different ways because someday I'm going to be old and boring like my parents and I need to enjoy life while I still can. I, my sense that all I have is just this right here, right now, affects me in some bad ways. And I wonder, could we, he talks about the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord is at hand. So in one way of looking at that is we don't know how long we have. Another thing that he's trying to do is point out how small life is compared to what we have on the other side in eternity. So uh, do you remember when uh, you were in like high school and it feels so long? Some of you I knew when you were in high school. Do you remember like, it feels like, I mean, in, like, in the micro, I remember times being like, this physics class, Jesus for sure will be back by the time this bell rings. Like, I won't make it to the end of this hour. Also, like, each semester, each year, and just that time window feels so long. And then, like, you get over into adulthood and you look back on it and you're like, it doesn't feel very long, does it? And compared to, like, the life of adulthood, it's just this little time and it feels so important. The scripture teaches that uh, there is 10,000 times 10,000 years in eternity. Eternity, we will be with God forever. If you're like, I don't understand, cool, I don't understand either, but that's what the Bible says and that's what's true. Our God lives outside of time. And so we get this little window, right? We get 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, maybe longer. And in this window of time, things feel really long waiting for the person I'm waiting for, for the job to come, to make it out of this problem that I'm in, for something different. And while I'm here right now, it feels like it will never end. Right here, it feels like it will never end. He's saying the reason that I can be patient is if I can open my mind up to the millions of years available to me to enjoy God's glory and kindness and grace. What's a few months of discomfort. And that's not to do like the Christian thing of like, you know, say it doesn't hurt because it just means that when my view is eternal, it has a way of reorienting what I feel about the challenges of right now. Three, the reason I have to be patient and uh, cultivating patience is so important in my life is because why is not always obvious. So what he means when he says in the last verse, he's like, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord and the people we consider that we consider them blessed because they stayed steadfast, which is the same actual root word as the word patience. So remember Job? We saw the purpose of the Lord. The Lord was compassionate and merciful. Uh, if you don't know the story of Job, the story of Job is like he was a guy who had everything. He's in the Old Testament. He had everything perfect, and then God saw fit to put him through misery. All of his children died. He lost all of his money. Uh, everything in his life went bad, like so much so that his best friends kind of gathered around him and were like, dude, I don't know, you must have sinned because things have gone really bad and like your life is kind of pointless, maybe you should just die. That's his story. So there I just, there's 40 chapters, I just summarized it for you in a paragraph. And here in James, the writer says, we consider him, like an example, we consider him blessed. Why do we consider him blessed? We consider him blessed because he stayed steady under the pressure. He stayed patient. 
And staying patient in what God is doing requires um, what Job had to come to, same as what we have to come to. We don't always know why. So, so many things get bogged down on this. Why did their marriage heal itself or God healed it, but mine is still stuck? Why did they get beautiful, healthy children and I didn't? Why did he get that promotion and I didn't? Why, 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 why? Why, 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 why? She was out there and she was way wilder than I was and she didn't get pregnant, but I did and it doesn't feel fair. And then, why, 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 why? We have why, 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 why? We can just go on and on and on. And to be patient in God's world that he puts us in, we have to just be able to be like, that's not a question I'm going to know the answer to. So you can find lazy interpretation of the Bible that will tell you why is because you didn't have enough faith, why is because you didn't tithe enough, why is because God is mad at you. But those are all wrong. That's a person trying to overcome this. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Why, he, why the cancer stayed for him and the cancer went away for her. I don't know the answer. And somehow or another... If I release my obsession with trying to figure out why, I just live trying my best to honor and love a God who I know he's good and I know he's kind and I know his ways are complicated and I don't understand them. And like, we could do it sometime if you want. We could sit for coffee and I could give you my whole list of all the things. I don't know why in my life. I got a list. You got a list? I got a lot. I don't know. But as long as I'm fixated on trying to find the answer, to a question, I'm not going to find the answer to the question. There isn't like some box up here on this stage that has the answer to the questions you're looking for that if you just open it, it'll all make perfect sense. God is good. God is kind. He allows his children to go through difficult things. And I'm impatient because I'm trying to figure out what's the secret code to get back on the path that I want to get on when God is happy with the path that I'm on right now. He wants me like right where he wants me and he's totally fine with it. And that's not easy truth to swallow sometimes but it is better than running around spinning in circles trying to find the answers that I'm not going to be able to find um, so we're almost done but I wanted to just give us some thoughts on how we can cultivate this better in our lives I feel very convicted myself maybe you do too that my desire to make things happen fast often gets in the way of the things that God is trying to do. So what are we saying? Patience is seeing delay as useful evidence of God's protection and care. Seeing delay as useful. Like, have you ever, uh, have you ever gone down one of those weird rabbit holes on, online where, like, there's, like, the person and they have this story about how they were, like, they were trying to leave to go to the store and then they forgot their keys inside, and they were so mad that they forgot their keys inside, and then they got in the car and left, and then they got to the intersection down the street, and there was this massive accident, and they realized that if they hadn't left their keys inside, then they would have been there. You know that like whole trope? Maybe that's happened to you before. Rather than sort of like tying the things that happen in my life to fate or whatever, every delay, big and small, in my desire or plan is evidence that God is with me right now and he's paying attention to me. Here's a couple ways that we can work on maybe cultivating patience a little bit more in our life. One is that I cultivate patience when I leave time for interruptions. When I have no margin to be interrupted 
by anything. I am not cultivating patience, and I'm destined to not cultivate the fruit God is trying to build in me. Uh, I, I, we won't be able to do this, but I like thought at one point maybe it'd be cool to pass a rule in the church that if you like ever asked how someone was doing and they said that they were busy, we just threw them out and they were never allowed to come back. Because it's like it's so loathsome and tiring after a while to like tell each other how tired and busy we are, you know? Like we get it, right? Like we get it. We're busy, right? All in favor? We're busy. I get it. We're busy. We're tired. I know. I'm busy. I'm tired. I was so tired and busy, I forgot to bring my sermon to the stage. We get it. This is where we're living. And it becomes like this weird competition almost that the busiest people are seen as the most successful people or the happiest people. There is something that builds something good in me when I have time to be interrupted. When seeing someone at the store that I haven't seen for a while, I actually have five minutes to stop and talk to them. Or something not going my way doesn't bring me up to anger with my children. It's all good. Sweet little baby, it's all good. Today was a good day for that, because it'd be a really bad day for me to become impatient with the crying baby, wouldn't it? I really like, I would really, we're just so, it's just all the time you need. I'm also cultivating patience really well uh, when I learn to celebrate process over progress. Fruit takes time. And fruit takes time in us too, and sometimes being able to say, I'm in the Bible, and I'm on my knees, and I'm working it through, and today those anxious thoughts got the best of me, but I'm doing everything that the Bible tells me to do, and I'm going to keep on doing it, and I'm not going to give up or throw in the towel. I'm doing the things that lead to fruit. Fruit is going to come in God's time and in God's way. This is what is so, it's so challenging is that fruit takes time. So I have to learn. This cultivates patience when I'm like, doing the right things is the thing to celebrate, not getting the right outcomes. And then three, this is the hardest one for me, but I really want to push this on all of us as we're finishing. Learning to see delay as opportunity for God to work in me allows patience to grow in me. So when I am like, okay, I wanted, I wanted this new job because all the reasons I wanted it. But I didn't get it. Now right here, I'm going to say right there, the first thing in my mind, the first thing in my heart is, God, you're giving me this delay because you want to do something in me right now while I'm waiting. And before I get all flustered or angry or start like this, that, and the other, I'm just going to trust you right here, God, Okay, what do you have for me right here? What do you have for me in this relational challenge that, man, I, uh, this was so sweet. There's this new person to the church, and she texted me this week, and she said, um, I have this prayer request that I think is going to take a while, like a few months at least. Is it okay if I write it down every week? And I was like, I mean, it was so precious, I couldn't even, like, I didn't even have the heart to make a joke like I normally would. I was just like, of course. Of course. Like, a faith enough to say, I'm going to write that thing down today, and probably, like, probably in a week or two, or 
The next time I'm here, I'm going to be sitting here, and it's probably still going to be on the list, and I'm going to write it anyway. Do you see how beautiful that faith is to God? To say, I'm trusting you, even while knowing you, the answer probably isn't like right here, right now. Do you see? There is something that really, really, really honors God, and it builds good fruit in us. This is why um, I love, we're almost done out. Um, this is why I love so much the thing that we do with the ice cream. If you haven't been out with us, you've got to come sometime. It is like the most fun thing to watch people's faces when they're like, wait, I don't get it. Like, what is this? Like, oh, we just we're giving out ice cream. And cool, what do I have to do? You don't have to do anything. And then the like, um, the experience of watching people receive something just because they happen to be standing there. And some people get real like, can we like give you a donation? No, no, no donation, no donation. So why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Well, because we just, we have this church and this is a way that we want to be in the community and we're trying to help and, you know, whatever, it's what we're here for. And uh, what's so cool about this is that slowly but surely it's bearing fruit and people rippling into the church. But what I love about it is it's like really, really long, long, long way of introducing ourselves to people and the good God that we love without sometimes that experience that people have had of faith, which is kind of like, I want to tell you about Jesus, and if you don't believe in him, like right now, I'm deleting you out of my phone because i got to get to some better hot leads, and i got to get to them now. We want the way that we interact with the people in our community to mirror the patience of the good God who has given us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. After opportunity. So that's why and we're, we're uh, taking this special offering today. We've been trying to tell you about it. Maybe you got something in the mail for us or whatever. I'll ask you to put the giving slide up in just a second. Um, we're giving to some really cool things. I'll just quickly reiterate it, and then uh, we'll pray and be out the door. This school over here, Sanborn Elementary, um, a lot of the kids that go to this school live in Section 8 housing up at Rand and Dundee, and there is real need. And we have this opportunity that Christian found with an organization that we're going to be able to put fresh food uh, in the backpacks of all the kids who need it every weekend before they go home, if we meet our goal. And it's like, really like the least cynical thing in the world. I'm like, wow, so like that building over there that we can see while we're worshiping God, maybe some of our worship should overflow to help them. And so giving towards this special offering today is gonna help us with that. We would love your, your help if God would lead you to. We also, um, I was kinda hoping it'd be really hot today because it would make the boiler HVAC thing a little better. Sometimes it's really hot, although today it isn't. But uh, we have this, Old thing out here, Ken, my friend who's sitting in the front row, has fixed it uh, many times. I think he was there when they invented air conditioning. So he's like, he knows all of it. He was, he was part of that whole thing. But at some point, it's going to go, and we're trying to be responsible. And so we're trying to store up some funds so that when the day comes, we can tell you not, oh, guys, it's an emergency. We need your help. We want to be able to say we've been saving along the way. So we're committed to doing that. Our deacons, we're working hard on that. That's the second thing. And then... Uh, Everybody's coming, all right, time is really gone. <laughs> and so it's just like we want to give, and this is what was in my heart as I wrote to you all, and that's what I'm thinking. Uh, there's a way to try to kind of guilt you into giving, I, and I could do that. But there's something like so much better in just saying everybody who is here today who wants to give, if you have it in your heart, be like, that sounds cool. I'd love to give to those things. 
There's something so much more powerful when you give because you want to than you give because you have to. So if you're like, I don't know, I don't wanna do it, don't, please don't. Like, really, really, please don't. If you don't wanna give, don't give. If you don't wanna give, don't give. Like, please don't. Because what is exciting to me is uh, I can't wait to give today because I know what God is doing here and all the cool things that are happening. And so if, the way Paul says it is, if you are able to give today, not reluctantly and not under compulsion, if you have a cheerful heart that would want to give towards our special offering today, uh, we would love your participation in that. And we are going to do everything that we can to bring really great things, uh, exactly like we've said. And we'll give it a report to you. We'll tell you exactly what we're doing. Um, why? Because what we do with what God has given us is part of how we bear fruit. It's not the whole thing, but it is part of it. And some of us have been really blessed and some of us can. And I love the idea that some people are like, you know what, I, all I got is I got like 20 extra bucks this month. In heaven, they like throw the party when that happens. Because in generosity, biblically, it's about the heart, it's about the sacrifice, it's not about the amount. So if you have like a ton, God has given you a ton, you actually sort of miss out because it's gonna be really hard for you to figure out a way to give that's a sacrifice. But if you don't have a lot, you can. That's enough on that. I'm gonna pray in just a second. We would love your participation in the special offering today if God would move in your heart to do it. I wanna pray for all of us now. Lord, um, I just wanna praise you. Maybe somebody can join me in the room today with this. I just wanna praise you, Lord, today for how patient you've been with me. I just think of how many times you've given me chances to learn the same lessons and the fact that we're still here today in your love and that you have us in a loving community of people and your word is being open to us and that you've put us in this country and at this time in history and with the beautiful weather at this season of the year, we just have so many reasons to say, Lord, you have been so good and kind and patient with us and I just want to praise you and say thank you. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would allow that sense of your patience with me to fuel my ability to be patient with others rather than being so... Um, man, Lord, we can just be so pushy and so harsh and so, can't you get it together already? And I just know that when we're like that, we're not the way you want us to be. We're just not. And so I'm just asking, Lord, would you just fill us up to the brim with a capacity to see your delays as evidence of your protection and love and We're just grateful, Lord, for all the blessing you've given to us. We want to be patient with each other. If you agree with this prayer in Jesus' name, please say amen and stand to your feet. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.